Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Silva Shot, where we talk anything and everything sports. I'm your host, Anthony Silva, and today we're going to get into the NBA playoffs and the juiciness and craziness that's been going on, as whether it's big-time shots or big-time fouls. <laughs> we're going to dive into that, and, well, you're going to hear what I have to say about that. And then, of course, eSports is always a big-time topic that I love, and I enjoy talking about it and sharing it with all of you listeners but an unfortunate tragedy happened uh, about a few weeks ago where we lost a streamer due to a shooting. I'm going to dive into that and the unfortunate news and just how video games, remember, it's all about having fun. And then, of course, our shot of the week. It's something you would not expect, and you need to watch it. I'll just say that, and I'll give you a hint. It's a place where you settle your beefs with another individual, okay? I'll leave it at that. That and more on the Silver Shot, where we talk anything and everything sports. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Silver Shot. I'm your host, Anthony Silva. You get the drill, and we're going to dive into some basketball to kick off this show. The NBA playoffs has been absolutely amazing. Teams winning that you don't think are going to win, this and that. Crazy foul calls, which really bothers me. I'll also get into that, but let's kick it off with the positives. Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat versus the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo. It has been an amazing series, and Jimmy Butler has been awesome. In game one, he had 40 points. He led the Heat to a win, and he's the leader of this team. He is the motor, and you could tell his passion and fire spreads to other players. You know, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, these are all young players that need guidance, right? The right guidance can make them stars or if rookies are just able to do what they want and like, no, I'm the best. Their attitude and the game gets to them like they're, you know, more than the game and then they're just harder to coach. But Jimmy Butler checks them. It's like, hey, you're nothing. Just remember that. We're nothing. We're grinding. We're working hard, this and that. And Jimmy Butler, he's a star, but he is showing those players like, hey, you got to listen, you got to work hard, and you got to play defense in this league, which a lot of teams lack is that defensive intensity or they play defense when they want to. The Miami Heat's energy is there, and they're awesome. In game two, the entire starting five was in double digits in scoring, which is absolutely amazing for the Miami Heat. Eric Spolstra knows what he's doing, the ball movement, all these beautiful things, and it's really coming together as one when it matters the most. On the other side, the Milwaukee Bucks are going through a lot right now. Giannis in game one struggled, but in game two, he had 29 points and he shot above 50% from the field. But you could tell they know what they're doing and they are saying that, hey, you know what, Giannis, you could try to go to the basket, but we're just going to wall it up and you're going to have to go through us or take a charge. And of course, like other teams, we're going to force you to shoot the basketball. And you could tell he really needs a guard who can shoot the rock and is going to allow him to get to the basket. It's okay to need a sidekick. You know, Giannis is still developing his jumper. People forget that. He's going to get better and better at it, and he's going to become a decent shooter, in my opinion. Not there yet, but he will eventually. Shooting, what, 60s from the free throw line, you know, in that percentile, that's not good in the playoffs because then they just foul you and they have a chance to win the game or whatever the scenario is. But he needs a point guard or just a guard who can shoot the basketball so he has someone to kick out to or that player who can score one-on-one in isolation. And honestly, I was looking at it. Why can't it be Chris Paul? 
Just saying, if he's available and they want to make a change and, and have a better point guard, why not? Even though Chris Paul is 35 years old, he'll be 36 next year. Why not grab him after the sensational playoff performance that he had versus the Rockets, which he should have won, by the way, and we're going to get into that. But he plays defense. He can shoot the ball in the mid-range and the three. Chris Paul is the ultimate closer. That's the point guard you want late in the game. I saw this thing on Twitter where it said, who do you want as your point guard with all of them in their prime? And it said Steve Nash, Jason Kidd, Chris Paul, or Derrick Rose. Now, those are all sensational point guards, but I'm taking Jason Kidd or Chris Paul. I value defense and passing, and that's what a point guard should do. They don't have to be the greatest shooter in the world, even though Derrick Rose is my personal favorite. But if we're just talking about point guard, I'm taking Jason Kidd or Chris Paul. And if I had to pick one, to be honest, I'm going to take Chris Paul. Chris Paul has that grit that you want as a point guard. He can defend, shoot well, and no disrespect. To me, you can't go wrong with either point guard. They're all great. There's so many great point guards in the league that, you know, you really can pick a great one. Curry is even in that category of great point guards. But, you know, when I think of a point guard, I think of a Jason Kidd or, of course, a Chris Paul, which I just said. But... You know, the Miami Heat are rolling. They're up 2-0, and the referees suck. They suck. I have to say it. This is my time to get angry about those referees because they are terrible. Let me tell you something. It's hard to be a ref. I give credit to all the referees every time I talk about them because their job is hard. No matter what call they make, 50% of the people aren't going to like them. I get it. I really do. And I always give them the benefit of the doubt because I know that. But you can't call a foul when the buzzer sounds and it's a tie game and then boom, you call it because he flopped and fell down. And by the way, Giannis didn't even touch Jimmy Butler, a horrendous call that needs to be, you know, evaluated. That cannot happen in the playoffs. That's really bad for the NBA. Adam Silver really needs to step up to the plate and start putting his pants on and control the league that he loves and that he's done an absolutely amazing job. He has made tough decisions that other commissioners, I feel like, brush away. But he's stepped up to the plate, and he's not afraid to make those decisions and change the game and you know speak up for the players. That's why I love Adam Silver. I know he's the best commissioner in sports by far. But dude, let me tell you something. When you have calls like this, you got to hold the referees accountable. You hold the players accountable when they make a mistake or when they cuss or when they get ejected from the game, you give them a fine, depending on, you know, of course, how it happened, what happened, or if it's a fight or whatever. You find the players. You find coaches and players and even owners if they say something wrong, whether it's tampering, this and that. You know, it's hard to say. But with officiating, you need to hold the referees accountable when they make a mistake. We all make mistakes, but that doesn't mean that there's no punishment for those mistakes. And that's why the referees need to get some type of fine or some type of, uh, you know, way to demote them. Like, hey, you can't call the next uh, three playoff games. You're suspended because you need to take this course on what we need to look for with a shooting foul. Late in the game, you can't call those fouls. I'll give you an example. What about the foul on Stephen Curry in 2015 when he hit that corner three-pointer in the fourth quarter versus the Pelicans to send the game into overtime, and he got completely destroyed? Anthony Davis tried to block it, hit him really hard, and there was no foul call. What is the difference? You know what the difference is? The difference is in the fourth quarter, 
They don't call those fouls. However, that should have been a foul. Unless it is really obvious, you got to call the foul. But to call that a foul and not even change it? Oh, man, the NBA really messed up that one. You can't lose games like that. You can't have games end like that, Adam Silver. And the only way you can control that, at least where the referees learn and are like, man, we need to be better. It's not that they don't work to be better. I know referees are trying to do the best job they can. But when they are wrong, they need to be held accountable, um, especially a call like that. I get we have missed calls. I'm not saying every missed call, you you know, find them, whatever. No, no, because that's ridiculous. And it happens. I get it. Missed calls happen. But in late games like that, when there's flopping involved and you get tricked as a referee, yes, you need to be held accountable for that. And you need to take a class where maybe you go over that call and he explains what he saw. And then you say, no, this is what you really got to look for. You got to watch the flop. And in when in doubt, review it. It's so great that we can review that now, but we need to do it better because that is awful. So I don't want to go forever about that. There's so many great things, but that really bothered me. The officiating needs to tighten up. You got to be better. You know, when I coach on the sideline and I get mad at a referee in high school, I say, dude, you got to be better. Let's be better. Come on, let's be better. And I clap, you know, that's kind of my my smart ass way of saying, you know, get with the program, man, or I'm going to freaking blow a fuse. You know, officiating is a hard job, but they need to step it up. And when referees make a mistake, they need to be held accountable. That's all I have to say to that. They need to get fined and held accountable. Now, let's move on. I wanted to touch on the Rockets. They won 104 to 102. They won the series in seven games versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Thunder gave them everything they had. And it was unfortunate because there was a time where, you know, I was like, hey, the Rockets will win five or, you know, six tops. And then when it went to seven, I was like, man, OKC deserves to win this game. They should win this game. And, you know, Westbrook's shot selection late in the game, that's going to kill him. It always has been a problem for Westbrook, but he's forcing the issue way too much. You know, in game six, when he threw that terrible turnover right there, you can't have that happen. Good point guards don't have that happen. And he had a lane right for a layup, you know. It's like when it's time to pass, he'll shoot. When it's time to shoot, he'll pass. I mean, Westbrook's so awesome. I love Westbrook. He's hella competitive. He's a beast. But you got to, you know, in those crunch time situations, you can't make those mistakes. And he knows that. But I think he needs to relax, man. That's really the big thing. If he can just relax, then I think the game will go better for him. Because he's always moving 100 miles per hour. Nobody can stop him when he's going that fast. But he stops himself. He holds himself back. And that's the problem. So he needs to really control himself. Driving to the basket late in the game, missing like three layups in a row, crying for fouls. That's not what we need in those late game situations. Get it to Harden or get a nice mid-range. Or if you're going to go to the basket, don't go thinking you're going to get a foul because then you're going to be pissed off and you're going to try to make it even more. Concentrate. And Westbrook almost hurt him bad. I thought it was over, but I need to talk about Lou Dort, the undrafted rookie out of Arizona State. He had 30 points and just phenomenal, man. A lot of guys said, oh, he can't shoot. We're going to let him shoot. Well, he lit it up. He hit, what, six three-pointers. He had 30 points. He had, that's the best game in his career, his young career. I saw him play over at Arizona State when I was working for the Pac-12, and he was just a man amongst boys. I mean, when he drives to the basket, um, people bounce off of him. And right now, he's more of a, a main defender guy, and then he's going to catch and shoot some three-pointers, but that role is too small for him. 
When he gets better and more comfortable in that NBA mindset, he's going to be driving to the basket. He's going to be getting to the free throw line. Because if you watch highlights at Arizona State and even full games like I have, you're going to see that he has the body and the talent to get to the basket when he wants to, that little mid-range jumper that he needs to work on because guys will bounce off that shoulder. He's got some big boy shoulders. You know, there's a lot of sirloin steak on those shoulders. My shoulders compared to his shoulders, there's no chance. I'm bouncing off of him um, if I was guarding him. There's no way. I mean, he's just so strong that he's going to figure it out. I completely believe in him. I was really surprised he went undrafted because I believed he was a second-round pick, but I also think he left college too early, and he's lucky it worked out for him because a lot of guys, that doesn't work out that way. But I'm really happy for him because he's one of my favorite players that I've been watching in college, and to see it transition – He's going to be good for next year. So very exciting for that. But the Rockets will now play the Lakers. And I'll just say this. They have no big man. Uh, it's it's pretty bad. I think the Rockets win two games. I'm going to give them two games because it's the playoffs. And the Rockets hit a lot of threes. And I could see the Lakers completely stinking it up from downtown. And the Rockets are on fire. And it could be a blowout. And who knows? It could be game one. Maybe the Rockets come hitting all the threes. And then... People are like, oh, this is, I told you, the Lakers are in trouble. If the Rockets can get the three going, you never know. You know, those people, the Skip Bayless, Stephen A. Smith guys who they just, they're headline biters. You know, whatever that top thing is, they're going to bite the headline. You know, it's like a fish. You throw the hook, you know, that one big thing, that storyline you want, they're going to bite it and they're going to roll with it. And that's just like a lot of other analysts that I saw. ESPN, ridiculous. I mean, it is absolutely ridiculous, Uh, but Like I said, great series, but I'm taking the Lakers in six. And then we need to talk about another issue as well, the struggling side of Giannis, right? I wanted to talk about this because it's another subject. But Richard Jefferson really just says things that are just ridiculous. I can be a lot meaner, but I don't. I just It's really not worth getting mad over. Um, I, I just don't like when players, they play in the NBA, And they think they could say whatever they want because they played in the NBA. And for those who criticize them, it's like, you never played in the NBA, so you don't get it. And it's like, dude, you are probably right in some instances. Like, there's things you know that I'll never know. You know, you played in the NBA. You've been a part of locker rooms. You've been a part of big-time games. You know, you I give you that for sure. I can never relate to playing in front of, you know, millions of people if you count people in the stadium and uh, watching on TV and listening to the radio. But that doesn't mean you can say what you want. Richard Jefferson said on Twitter, Giannis might be a Pippin, referring to Scottie Pippen. And he said, there I said it, he needs his Jordan. So in other words, he's saying Giannis is Scottie Pippen and he needs a Michael Jordan to come to the Bucks." Absolutely ridiculous. Jay Williams says, so LeBron was a Pippin with Dwayne Wade once. Nothing wrong with that until you get over the hump. Dude, I... Oh, my gosh. I cannot stand these guys. And LeBron even responded saying, quote, explain to me what the F I got to do with this subject matter. I'm over here minding my damn business, preparing for Houston. And by the way, I ain't never been nobody but my damn self. Yeah, that's that's very true. But Richard Jefferson. Jeez, Louise, are you kidding me? He is not a good analyst. I'm not going to lie. I all due respect to those guys. They were good players. They had their run. But Paul Pierce and Richard Jefferson, I do not listen to what they have to say. I really don't. 
Uh, maybe I'll agree with some things they say that are like, yeah, of course, I agree with you on that. But other things, absolutely ridiculous. They do not know what they're talking about sometimes. And stuff like that ruins your credibility as an analyst. And that's the problem. These guys come from the NBA and they just hop in the booth and think they can say whatever they want. But they don't realize that when you say things like that, it hurts your credibility. It really does. It hurts your credibility and that can cost you down the road. So I I just have to say that is stupid. I'm sorry. And my final subject that I'm going to touch on in terms of this, this whole mess is Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith is a big time voice for ESPN. He makes the big bucks. We get it right. He's awesome. Everybody loves when he goes on rants and all these other things. But, you know, he said basically that, hey, I agree with Steve Nash's hiring. He thinks he's going to be a great coach and that he's fit for the job. So he paid his respect to him, but then basically said, and I'm not going to say word for word because it was so long, as a black coach, it's really hard and you can't get equal opportunity and they work super hard just to get half of where like a white person would get. And I'm not really big you know, on getting into these type of topics because I'm all for opportunity, you know, hiring the best person for the job, no matter the race. And that's important. The best candidate. Now, I'm all for having conversations about this because I like to learn. But in my opinion, the only one I really agree with, and I'm not saying Ty Lue's a bad coach. You know, he coached Cleveland Cavaliers. He did a great job. And I actually talked to him before. He's a very nice man and a respectable man. But has nothing to do with that. I'm just saying in terms of coaching, Mark Jackson, that's a good point. I don't know why someone hasn't hired Mark Jackson. I'll be really honest. He's right about that because I think Mark Jackson is a good coach and he can inspire players and turn some franchises around. But to say that about everybody and, you know, Jason Kidd was hired. He used to play. He had no coaching experience. And, you know, they hired Steve Nash, who, yeah, he has no coaching experience, but he's a Hall of Fame guard. But I get what he's saying in terms of equal opportunity, but I'm also on the stance of you got to hire the best guy for the job. And they think it's him. So I give them props for that. But I'm also going to say this, like, yeah, Mark Jackson would have been high on my list out of all those coaches, because to me, Mark Jackson deserves another opportunity. He had a good run with the Golden State Warriors, and it's a shame he couldn't win a championship with him, but Steve Kerr did good. This is a very touchy subject, and Stephen A. Smith, you know, he talked about it, and, you know, whether people agree with that or not is their decision, right? It's up to them, but in my opinion, I'm all for diversification, and I'm all for that. But I'm also all for hiring the best man or woman for the job, for crying out loud. Women could be an NBA coach. It doesn't matter. We're going to see one soon. I really believe that in the next decade, hopefully even less, um, starting probably with the San Antonio Spurs. So that's a touchy subject. But like I said, we're going to see if Steve Mash is fit for that job. As, um, we're just going to have to find out. But to me, it's a congratulations to him. He earned the job. He's a Hall of Famer. So you really can't hate on that. And it should be a good season for him. His team's going to be stacked, that's for sure. And I just finally want to touch on the big games coming up tonight. We have some juicy ones. We're going to see who wins, who loses in these series. It's at that point where, hey, this is it. Raptors-Celtics, that series has been great. The Celtics are up 2-0. And in game one and two, you got to love the power of Marcus Smart. He's been hitting big-time shots, making big-time plays. And he shot, what, 6 for 11 from downtown in game two. We're going to see if that continues. And I think the Raptors are going to lose that series in five. They blew it. And there's a chance they could win a uh, a couple games in there. But 
I just think the Celtics have the team. Jason Tatum reminds me of a smoother Kobe Bryant on the perimeter, and he has it. And he's gonna, he's my favorite player right now in the NBA. He has all the tools to be the best guard in the NBA. And I know what you're thinking. Yeah, Devin Booker, but I'm going to take Jason Tatum over Devin Booker, and at least as of now. And then the Nuggets and the Clippers, that should be a good series. Clippers in four. Okay, that's all. That. <laughs> no, I, I'm taking the Clippers in five games. I think Jokic will give him trouble in one, but that's about it. The NBA playoffs is exactly what we want it to be. <laughs> Craziness and the ability to be unpredictable. And we'll see what happens. But coming up next, we're going to get into our next topic, which is esports, a very unfortunate tragedy in the esports community. The Silver Shot. It's away. Bang! It's over! With your host, Anthony Silver. Welcome back to the Silver Shot, where we talk anything and everything sports. And in esports and the industry as a whole, you can make a lot of money and you could be young doing it. But there's a time and a line where, you know, things just go too far. Um, a Call of Duty player slash streamer by the name of Matthew Thane. He, he was killed by another COD player, another Call of Duty player right outside of his home and they guess they had an argument on Call of Duty with, you know, with whatever happened in the game. And it was actually local in California. And the other player went over there and he killed him. And that is one of the craziest stories that I've heard in the gaming industry. And I think it's something to talk about because everybody talks about, oh, it's just video games and it's not a big deal. You, you know, your parents always used to tell you, hey, you can't make money playing video games, do something productive. But now that's not true. You can make a lot of money doing it. You'd be very surprised. But then you see stories like this and you hear stories and you hear what people are saying. And, it, you know, you kind of take a step back and you worry a little bit. Video games were always made to be fun and they were always made to kind of exit, you know, reality. You know, if you have problems, you had a bad day, you could turn on a game, have some funs with your friends or even by yourself. If you want to play a particular game and you're invested into it. And you play and you're entering that new world, you know, get your mind off things, makes you happy. And then you can try to, you know, exit it and then have a better day, hopefully. But there's a line and nobody should be getting killed over video games. And it's very sad. And this segment isn't going to be super long, but I just wanted to talk about how the importance of just uniting as people, you know, it's just a video game at the end of the day. It really is. And even if it's for money or whatever the case may be, it is just a game. And at the end of the day, you turn it off. You're still going to be in your house. You'll be around your family. You'll be around friends, whatever the case, but have fun doing it. And I just think that some people take it way too far and they ruin their lives. I mean, you just killed an innocent kid who was just trying to play video games and he's very competitive and we're playing. You're competitive and you know, now you threw your future away and then his by doing that. So very selfish act and should never happen. Video games um, are meant to be played for fun. And if you make money doing it, great. Streaming, you know, so many people are streaming games. You know, you look at Call of Duty is one of them. Warzone, huge game. You look at all these other new games that are trying to compete with them. Um, Apex Legends and PUBG even. But you got to be safe when you play these games. Nobody should be dying over a video game. That's absolutely ridiculous, and uh, my prayers go out, you know, to the family who lost their loved one, and just like I said, if you're ever in a spot where, you know, the game's really frustrating you and making you really angry, then, you know, it's time to turn it off and relax and take a step back 
and then come back to it when you're in a better state of mind because you don't want to react and do things not even close to that. That's, you know, hurting another human being or whatever. That's ridiculous. It really is. So uh, remember, video games are for fun. I just wanted to say that. So let's get into a brighter subject. We're going to get into our shot of the week, and it's going to be a good one because I guarantee you it is not what you expect. Who needs a shot is next with Anthony Silva. It is that time for the shot of the week where I pick um, whether it's good or bad. If you're having a bad week and you need a shot, then I'll provide it. Or we salute to you and we cheers up if you're having a great week and we give you a shot of the week, the Silva Shot Special. And this week's shot of the week, it's props to you. It's a shot out of celebration. It's a YouTube channel called Street Beefs. Yes, Street Beefs. It's a YouTube channel where the purpose of the page is for people to put down the guns and settle their problems out by good old two fists, and you guys fight. It can be men, women, whatever, but the purpose of it is to promote less gun violence, and if you have a problem, settle it out by fighting. It is a league. Can you believe that? It's an actual league. Like there's, The fighters have names, and they settle it. You know, they're in, whether it's a boxing ring or an octagon or a really big space, the ground is usually, it could be dirt, grass, mud. <laughs> the spots and the locations are kind of random, but it's a little league. They have a little cage they set up. And if you're doing, you know, like UFC or mixed martial arts, it is really amazing. Let me just tell you some of the main names that are, you know, in this league that they call themselves. So we have the Iraqi assassin. We have Paperboy. We have Fire Chicken, and then there's Mighty Mouse. There's a lot more names, but those are a few. Hopefully that can get you somewhat engaged into the show. If you have not heard of it, you need to watch it. It's called Street Beefs. Just go on YouTube, type Street Beefs, and you're going to see a bunch of them. Uh, one of the newest videos, I mean, geez, Louise, someone got knocked out cold with a kick to the noggin. A roundhouse kick to the noggin. But bigger picture... You know, some of these guys, they just fight. You know, they have their names, they fight. They have no beef, but they fight each other. But like I said, the cages or whatever, it can be in mud, grass, in someone's backyard, and, you know, they get it going. They got fans are there. They even got a cameraman who is like, what, three feet away from the fight who's recording the fight. He might get a, a punch to, or a hook to the face, but he's trying to keep his distance but get that good content. So if I were the cameraman... I'd be good. I'd take my step back behind the ring and just zoom in with my lens. I don't need to be that close. <laughs> Action's great, but I don't need to be that close. The point of this page, like I said, promoting less gun violence and just settle your problems out by fighting. And to me, that's a lot better than settling it with a weapon, which goes back to the esports topic that I said. It all ties in together in the sense of we want to promote, you know, if you're going to fight, fight with fists. Don't fight with guns. You know, F settle your beef out and see who wins or whatever, then move on. That's it. And that's exactly what this page does. You have to watch this because there are some people who don't know how to fight. You know, you may think this is a league and, and guys know how to fight. They don't know how to fight. <laughs> a lot of these guys have no idea how to fight. They're just in there settling their beef or they kick. They, you know, they don't know what the hell they're doing but they're trying to beat that other person. So it is very funny and entertaining. You see some like crazy stuff, whether it's knockouts or submissions, or you see, you know, guys just fighting, throwing haymakers, don't know what they're doing. And the rules are pretty light. So it's funny. 
and just check it out. Street Beefs, they have over a million subscribers on YouTube. You got to watch it and let me know what you think about it in the reviews or, you know, comments on my pictures or whatever the case may be on my Instagram. But just remember, Street Beefs, that is our shot of the week. Salute to you, a silver shot special because you are promoting, hey, do you have beef? Settle it out with your fist, not with guns. And that will conclude the Silva Shot for this week. We're going to talk next week more NBA playoffs. And even, hey, there's a lot of other sports going on. We may dive into some soccer and even some NASCAR. I know the playoffs are starting up, and it's going to get juicy in that world. Unfortunately, Jimmy Johnson didn't make it. It was boo-hoo for me. I was pretty sad. But, hey, that is our episode this week. I hope you enjoyed it. You were listening to the Silva Shot, where we talk anything and everything sports. I'm your host, Anthony Silva, and hope you all have a great week.